everybody, and welcome back to the Renew Your Mind podcast. I am your host, business and mindset coach, Kieran Lenahan. Super excited to dive into our topic. Today, we're getting into part three of our series where we're talking about money, wealth creation, God, and how your relationship with all of those things affect your business. I'm particularly excited about today because we're talking about something that is so key to making some major mindset shifts in your business. And I think it's a major key in terms of how we as faith-driven entrepreneurs can be noticeably different than other entrepreneurs in the world. So today we're going to talk about generosity, what that has to do with our business. And then we're going to dig into a question that I've gotten from a number of you over the past few weeks. How much money is too much money? Super fun question. Can't wait to spend some time answering that. So first, I just want to do a quick review of where we've been in the series. In episode 15, we talked about how most of the conversation in the Christian community around money focuses on wealth sharing being good and wealth hoarding being bad. But wealth creation is almost never talked about, which is unfortunate because as entrepreneurs, that's our job. So we pointed out that yes, wealth hoarding is wrong and wealth sharing is good, but there's no wealth to be shared unless it is first created. And so we said that wealth creation with integrity is a holy calling, and it's a God-given gift that's actually commended and applauded throughout the Bible. So basically, in episode 15, we took the time to make sure that as a faith-driven entrepreneur, you understand the fact that you are called to create wealth. And then we busted some common myths that keep us from even talking about money, which is toxic and limits how much you can grow and serve people through your business. And then in episode 16, we looked at the flip side. We looked at the very real warnings throughout scripture about the seductiveness of money and why we need to guard our hearts and set up guardrails to make sure that we keep God first as we build wealth through our businesses. If you haven't listened to episodes 15 and 16 and you're just joining us, I recommend going back and after listening to this series, if you haven't already, I would highly, highly recommend heading back and listening to the podcast all the way from episode zero to really catch the vision of what this podcast is all about and get to know some of the foundational concepts that we are always going to be working with here on the podcast. So today, I want to pose a question that could change the entire paradigm of your business. And if you haven't noticed, that's something that I I love to do here, whether it's with my clients or whether it's with you, I want to help you open up your mind. Most times you don't need more information to grow your business or to work fewer hours and spend more time with your family or to take your relationship with God deeper. It's not about more information. What catalyzes those things and what makes those things happen are almost always paradigm shifts, changes in how you think about these things. So with that, let's dive into generosity. So here's the roadmap for today. First, we're going to talk about the purpose of generosity. Why is generosity important? Then we're going to talk about the paradigm change of generosity. How does generosity affect our business? How do you know if you're not operating from a heart posture or a mindset of generosity? And I even want to expand how you even think about what that word means. Um, That's going to be something that we're going to spend a bunch of time on today. And then we're going to wrap up with the question, how much money is too much money to make? And that'll be our time. So for today, here's the the framing question 
that I think could change the paradigm or how you think about your business. And I'll ask it in two ways. One, what if generosity was the goal of your business? Like, what if that was the whole point? And the second way that I'll put it is what if generosity was the fuel and the core motivation for why you do what you do in your business? I think the answer to this question is going to be key to solving a tension that you likely experience. Many people I've talked to and that I've worked with have this tension that if I were to boil it down to just the the train of thought that runs through people's heads, maybe consciously or subconsciously, here's what it sounds like. I want to make more money and I get excited about this idea of living into the calling to create wealth. I get that. I, I sense that about myself. I feel called to it. And that feels freeing to live into that. But part of me also feels hesitant. Like there's something wrong. There's something not quite right with that. Like I can't trust that liberating feeling that I get. And part of me for sure wants to advance heaven on earth. But if I'm totally honest, when I look closely, part of me just wants it because it will feel good. It will make my life easier and all of the things that we tend to think about money if we just take on the narratives of the greater culture, right? So that's the the root tension there is I want it, but I feel wrong for wanting it because my motive isn't totally pure. And their question to me becomes something along the lines of, what do I do? What do I do with this tension? How do I channel the desire and the ability to build wealth, right? Some of that desire is selfish. I don't want it. I don't like it. Some of it is godly and some of it is for the advancement of the kingdom. So what do I do? And I think a big part of the answer to this question is found when we look at our businesses through the lens of generosity. So I want to start with what is generosity? Let's define it. And then why should we be generous, right? Because there's a kind of big assumption in here that we this is something we should aspire to that we should be. So first, a few definitions of generous. Showing a readiness to give more of something than is strictly necessary or expected. Liberal in giving, open-handed. And then this last one that I really like, freely giving or providing more than the amount that is needed or normal. Interestingly, the word generous shares the same root, jenna, G-E-N-E, as words like genetics generate, genesis, and the root jenna, G-E-N-E, means to give birth. The reason that I point this out is because generosity is inextricably linked to creation and stewardship, two ideas that go hand in hand. And I want to read something that has resonated so deeply with me in recent months, and it's the generosity liturgy from Church of the City, New York. And so they, they say this every week before their time of giving in their service, and it gets at so much of what we've talked about in the past two weeks, in the past two episodes, and what we're going to talk about today. So here's what the generosity liturgy says. Holy Father, there is nothing I have that you have not given me, right? There's stewardship. All I have and am belong to you, bought with the blood of Jesus, To spend everything on myself and to give without sacrifice is the way of the world that you cannot abide. 
right? There's hoarding and storing up for self is wrong. We don't want to do that. But generosity is the way of those who call Christ their Lord, who love him with free hearts and serve him with renewed minds, who withstand the delusion of riches that chokes the word, right? We don't give into the seduction of money, giving us our meaning, whose hearts are in your kingdom and not in the systems of the world. I am determined to increase in generosity until it can be said that there is no needy person among us. I am determined to be trustworthy with such a little thing as money that you trust me with true riches. Above all, I am determined to be generous because you, Father, are generous. It is the delight of your daughters and sons to share your traits and to show what you are like to all the world. Amen. And that's the end of their liturgy. So why be generous? God created us in his image. He is generous. And we are called to reflect the characteristics of God in the world. In addition, everything we have is a gift from him. We are temporary stewards of what he's given us. We don't get to keep it forever. We rent. We don't own any of this. We didn't choose the time period or family or geography or town or city that we were born into. This is all a gift. Generosity is reflecting the characteristics of God to the world, and it's the natural response, the natural worship that would flow from us actually accepting the grace that God has for us through Jesus. So that's the purpose of generosity. Let's talk about the paradigm of generosity, and this is where we're going to spend most of our time. Are we just talking about donating profits to your local church or charity? No. Generosity is not the thing that you do once a week or once a month when you give to the local church. It's not just what you do at the end of the year when you donate to a charity to lower your tax burden. Generosity is so much more than donating money. And some of you may be thinking, you know, I just started my business, so generosity, that's something I'll think about later when I'm making more money when I'm more established. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up. First of all, generosity is not just about giving away money. Secondly, the moment that you make a dollar in your business, you have the opportunity to give. Generosity is a heart posture and it's relative to your situation and what you have. So it's more than giving money away and it's always an option no matter where you are in your business. So if you just started your business, stick with me. We're about to talk through ways that you can actually be generous in your business even before you make a single dollar. So generosity, it's not just a thing you do, it's a heart posture, it's a mindset, and it's a way of doing business. So here are the different areas where generosity can flow through your business, starting off with your marketing content. Your marketing content and the free resources that you put out there and that you provide for your audience. So the emails that you send, the social media posts that you make, the workshops that you run, the conversations that you have when you network with people. You can make these free interactions so valuable that it can change people's lives without them ever having hired you or paid you a dollar. So your marketing can be a form of generosity in terms of the the knowledge that you share, the insights that you bring, the the questions that you ask, and the, the way that you cause people to stop for a moment and reconsider the way that they're doing things. Now, you may have also heard the phrase, clear is kind. As entrepreneurs, we help others solve problems. 
People hire us because they value having a problem solved. So if our marketing is clear and effective, we help them receive services that will literally make their lives or their health or nonprofits or businesses better. And I want to take this idea even further and just shatter how you've ever thought about marketing and selling. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 26 has been a verse that has come to shape my view of marketing and of selling. And here's what it says. People curse the one who hoards grain, but they pray God's blessing on the one who is willing to sell. This is a reference to a farmer who harvests resources, who has a product that can benefit the community, yet hoards it, hides it, withholds it from people who could actually use it. People curse the farmer who refuses to sell, but they pray a blessing on the one who is willing to share their resources, their talents, their skills, their gifts with them. They bless the person who is willing to sell something that is useful to them because it is beneficial for the community. How is that for a high view of selling? Imagine if you thought that way about your marketing. What would change if you started thinking about wanting to get better at marketing and selling because it's actually the most loving thing to do? Said another way, do you realize that unclear, ineffective marketing is not just not good for business, it's actually unkind? Like to have a skill and provide a service that's actually amazing, but to not tell people about it in a compelling way, that's that's unloving. That's withholding something that could actually be of benefit to other people, right? An extreme example of this would be like having the cure for cancer, but having really vague marketing and people not even really understanding the benefits of what you're selling, right? That's how generosity can flow from your marketing, from your free resources, from the content and value that you provide, however that looks like for you. Sales calls or whatever you call it, discovery calls, clarity calls, uh, initial consultations, You can make these conversations with potential clients, right? So these are people who they've gone from just seeing your marketing and receiving the value that you put out there, and now they're interested, right? You can make these calls with interested people so valuable that even if they don't hire you, they walk away with new insight as to why they're experiencing the problem that they are, right? The reason that they showed up to that call with you is because they have a problem that they want solved and they're interested in potentially you helping them solve that problem. I've had sales calls with people who didn't hire me, but they walk away from the conversation feeling crystal clear on why their business isn't performing the way that they want it to, which is not something that they had walking into that conversation. And there have been people who came in thinking it was their lack of credentials or business systems or backend operations or their pricing. They thought those things were the problem but they walk away knowing the exact thought process and patterns and uninvestigated beliefs that are leading to the results that they have. In a few weeks, I think I'll probably do an entire episode on sales calls and how to do them in a way that's both loving and incredibly effective from a business standpoint. But this is another place where you can be generous by just you're giving people your time and you're helping them make a decision whether or not they want to hire you. But even if they don't hire you, they're walking away 
with a wealth of knowledge that can actually go and benefit them and whatever it is that they're doing. Another way, another area in your business that generosity can flow, just serving your clients, just in how you deliver your service to your clients who are already paying you can be generous. You can over deliver. You can deliver so much value that your clients literally feel like they're getting a deal, like they're getting the bargain of a lifetime by working with you. For those of you who manage employees or contractors or manage relationships with vendors, you can be generous in who you hire and how you compensate them and how you give them your time and your attention and how you treat them. And then there's giving financially from profits, right? Which is probably the way most people think about generosity. So giving to ministry or charities or families in need, the homeless person on the street. I know last week I said I was going to cover the question of, you know, how much do you give? Who do you give to? And other questions like that. We are not going to get to that today. I apologize. I tried to squeeze it in, but I I really, I wanted to give that conversation the time it deserves. So I'm going to do an episode uh, specifically on this topic, likely the week after next. So probably episode 19, right? We'll talk about to tithe or not to tithe, how much to give. And and that's how we're going to likely wrap up this series on money. So those are some of the areas, those are the different parts of your business or interactions that you have with people where generosity can flow through you and where you have an opportunity to be generous. But in order to do all of these things, it requires a certain mindset and a certain way of thinking. And as you heard me describe those ways to be generous around marketing or sales calls or managing employees and hiring people, you might be saying to yourself, that sounds nice and I I want that but that feels out of reach, too far down the road, or it feels overwhelming. So I want to look, I want to go through the different areas where generosity can flow, and let's look at what might be going on in your brain for each of these, right? How you might know there's more room for you to step into a, a mindset, a paradigm of generosity as a way of doing business. So here's here's what could be going on in your head that might be preventing you from stepping into generosity in these different areas. So let's start out with marketing content. You might have fear around giving away too much. Like if you've said, you know, but what if I give away too much? Won't they just no longer need to hire me? This is probably one of the most common things that I hear when it comes to the topic of marketing. When you look closely at that question and that fear, there's an underlying scarcity, right? There's an assumption that everyone in your audience will react that way. And nobody will be interested in actually hiring you because for sure there will be people who consume your content, who use your resources, who attend your workshops and never hire you or buy anything from you. There are people listening to this podcast episode right now who might never hire me or buy anything from me. That's okay. Why is that okay? Because there are also people who have listened to this podcast who have hired me, who will hire me. And there are some of you who in the future, maybe years down the road, will hire me and will work with me in some capacity. I'm not afraid of people not hiring me because I trust that there are people who will say, wow, if this is how much he gives away for free, how much more valuable will it be to work with him? Or wow, listening to this podcast has helped me 
make real changes in my business? What would I be capable of doing if I actually worked directly with him for six months? So if you're holding back valuable ideas or content from your audience, that might be a sign that you're not believing that there are people in your sphere, in your audience who want to hire you. So if you've ever had that thought, you've ever caught yourself saying, well, I don't want to give away too much, that's a sign there's an opportunity to be more generous and it might be pointing to just some mindset work that you need to do around your audience, right? Because if you think everybody is there just to get free stuff from you, that's that's going to affect your marketing and it's going to affect the results in your business. One more point I want to share on this, uh, the comedian Louis C.K., he always takes the best jokes from his most recent act or special and he uses those to actually start off his next act when he's working on it because that forces him to continually come up with funnier and funnier and better and better jokes. What if you thought about your content that way? That's marketing. How about sales calls? I'm going to go in depth on this on a future episode, so I'll leave it at this. If your goal when you jump onto a sales call with a potential client is to quote unquote make the sale or get the client, if your criteria for success for the call is whether or not they say yes and you have a new client, of course, the question, how can I be generous during this call isn't going to be top of mind and you're not going to be showing up feeling excited to just serve this person, right? You'll probably be really nervous beforehand, sweaty palms, nervous shakes, and afterwards, you might feel distraught if they don't become a client. These would all be signs that you, you're being attached to the money and the outcome of that person becoming a client, and that would actually be hindering your ability to be in deepest service, to be generous to that person. So being attached to the outcome, to somebody becoming a client, that might prevent you from being generous on a sales call. Now, what would prevent generosity in you delivering your service to your clients? And I've seen this really often where my clients have said, is it really generosity if they're paying me for it though? Like the exchange of money magically makes it impossible for generosity to happen, right? If I give you a brand new Tesla that is worth say $80,000 and I ask you to pay me $2,000, Just because you paid me, does that mean that it wasn't generous of me to give you the Tesla? Of course not. If your brain is resisting this this idea that you can be generous to people who are paying you for your services, I want you to remember our definition of generosity, right? It was giving beyond what is expected or normal. Now, if you're not confident that you can deliver the value of your current pricing, so let's say you charge $5,000 to work with you, if you're not confident that you can deliver the value of $5,000 to your client, of course you're not going to feel good about your ability to over-deliver. So if you're not confident in your ability to over-deliver on the price that you're charging, you have two choices. You can increase the value that you bring to the table, or most often, you can increase your belief in the value that you bring, because most people undervalue what they bring to the table. Or option two is to lower your price to something that you can over-deliver on. So you can, in fact, give generously to your clients that you're already working with who are already paying you by providing more value than what they've paid for. And then what would prevent you from being generous in how you manage employees or vendors? 
If you are focused entirely and only on the financial bottom line of the business and how it affects you, beefing up profit margins and spending as little money as possible, right? That's where your mind is going to be focused, not on how can you be generous? How can you think about hiring people or employing people in a a different country or in a different socioeconomic status or with a different level of experience, right? Your mind is not going to naturally gravitate towards how can I be generous in this hiring decision or in this compensation decision, right? So the common thread in all of this is that when you're operating from scarcity or lack of belief in your services or the value you provide, when you're only focused on meeting your needs and your wants and how they can be met, right? So when you don't want to give away too much value, quote unquote, in your marketing, when your goal is making the sale on a sales call, or when you're caring only about the financial bottom line, when you're focused on those things and your business feels stressful or constricted and kind of tight-fisted and in survival mode, of course, that closes the door to generosity even being on your radar. That makes total sense. But having an underlying paradigm of generosity requires operating from knowing and trusting that not only will you survive, but trusting that you have and will have more than enough knowledge to over-deliver to your audience, more than enough value to offer to your clients to over-deliver for them, more than enough people in your audience to hire you, and more than enough profit to be able to compensate an employee at above market rate, or more than enough time to go outside of the easiest path and hire somebody who's from an overlooked community or who recently was released from prison or who was a previous victim of human trafficking. When you trust that there's more than enough of everything that you need, you can open your mind to questions like, how can I do this in as generous a way as possible? So if you want to cultivate generosity in every aspect of your business, it takes intention and it takes changing your mindset around marketing and selling and delivering service to your clients. It takes renewing your mind. And that's what I help my clients do. Once your basic needs are met through your business, we get to have some really fun conversations about what level of wealth creation you feel called to, big picture, how you can use your wealth that you have now to do some really creative and redemptive things, and how you and your business can just become agents of generosity. So whether you're just starting out or you've been in business for years, if that's a conversation that you want to be having, I encourage you to apply to work with me. We can take your business to the next level. Now, before we bring this full circle, let's talk briefly about a common question that I've gotten from you all within the past few weeks. And it's something along the lines of how much wealth or money is too much to have or too much to aim for or too much to pursue. I thought about being long-winded here or making a joke and giving a really, really specific number like $200,135 but I decided against that. So I just wanna, I wanna share the couple of different ways that I would generally answer this question if somebody were asking it to me in in conversation. The first way is this. For somebody who remains generous and whose heart is submitted to God and whose hope or identity is not placed in money or wealth, there is no amount that is too much. The question isn't really about the money, it's about whether or not you're submitted to the Lordship of Jesus. The second way I'd answer is basically, sure, 
any amount that causes you to lie, steal, or cheat, or cut corners to get it, or any amount that you would hoard for yourself if you got it, right? That would be too much. And the last way I'd answer it is just with a few questions. One, just kind of reframing the original question, how much impact is too much impact? Like how much impact could you have that would be too much impact? In a service-based business, impact is going to pretty closely correlate with the amount of money that you make and the value that you provide to people. So how much impact is too much? And then the other question that I often share with people is, whose hands do we want the money and the wealth to be in? If we honestly asked ourselves that question, who do we want to have the wealth? I think we would want it to be in the hands of the most generous people possible whose hearts are submitted to God and who are trying to advance the kingdom and and move towards heaven on earth. To me, the question isn't really how much is too much. It's more like, how can I be more generous now? How can God make me a more generous person? And how does that fit within the context of my call as a faith-driven entrepreneur to create wealth? So let's wrap up. I want to go back to our question and the tension that we talked about at the beginning of this episode. What if generosity was the main goal of your business? What if it became the fuel and the motivation for you to succeed, right? What if you wanted to make more money so that you can give more away and hire more people, have more impact, give more value to the world and serve more clients? The part of you that raises red flags and says, whoa, let's be careful about pursuing more wealth and more money. To that, we say, yes, thank you, Holy Spirit, for putting that guardrail in my heart so that I'm not led astray by the deceitfulness of wealth. Thank you for not letting me pursue money from the belief that money will make me worthy and loved. And then we invite God in and we say, Lord, renew my mind and refine the part of my heart that wants it for me and for my glory and increase the part of that desire to build wealth that is from you. Make me more generous now so that when my business grows, it only benefits the world and your kingdom and show me the level of wealth that you want me to create and what you want me to do with it. Do you see the nuance? We want the very fuel of our desire to build our businesses and to build wealth, to be generosity. We want the fuel to be generosity. Imagine a country, imagine a world full of faith-driven entrepreneurs who are operating from this paradigm. Imagine other entrepreneurs who aren't believers seeing how we do business and start copying us. Imagine people who aren't believers seeing us so joyful in our giving and asking us why. Why do you give so freely and so joyfully? Let's all move in that direction together. Next week, we are going to get really personal for both me and for you. I'm going to share about my relationship with money and how that's changed over time. And we're going to give you some prompts and some questions and tools to unpack and understand your personal relationship with money so that you know what your work is, so that you know where to go next. So if you want your personal relationship with money to be different so that your business isn't limited by it and so that you can just experience the freedom that you know is possible in how you relate to money, this is going to be a critical episode for you in that journey. 
So that's next week. And then the week after that, we should be wrapping up this series with to tithe or not to tithe and potentially some other questions that I've gotten from you all. That is all for today. Have a great rest of your week and I will see you next week on the Renew Your Mind podcast. Mm -hmm.